Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for uh, the end of the world as we know it, as we approach a supernova, at least the first half of a supernova, my dear friends, Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David, or should I say Lieutenant Commander David? Yeah, for the British pronunciation in there. All right. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I mean, to to all our, our lovely British listeners, I just don't get it. Like, I think it was spelled differently. Was it? I I, th- I think I feel like that might have been. It. Who knows? I'm not British. Who knows? Indeed. But what do I know? I just watch a great British Bake Off, you know, occasionally. <laughs> I watch random <laughs> British shows. Yeah, I sometimes watch the great British. I'm sometimes forced to watch the great British Bake Off. You know, I actually kind of like it. I've always enjoyed it. I have well, not the, watched the it. Mexican episode was not not like a good one in our household. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't. Wow. <laughs> Little appropriated, huh? Wow. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. So, yeah, um that like we were we recently started watching The Crown and there's like an like a couple episodes where Matt Smith's character is referred to as Lieutenant or something like that. I'm like, but it's L I E U. Like where's the left in Lou coming from? Well, do you know whenever they say the word ma'am, it sounds like they're saying mom. Mom. Yeah. It's yes, like mom. how do you get mom out of ma'am? How do you get like, aluminum out of aluminum? Are they really still calling everyone mom? It took me a while to figure out that they were trying to say ma'am. I was like, why are they saying mom? Right, like where do you get aluminum out of aluminum? I don't know. Me, me either. Me either. Well, they also have the same thing with, with colonel, too. There's a whole other pronunciation of colonel. Yeah, how does... Where's There's no R in that word. <laughs> All right, so welcome to the uh, British Appreciation Society. A British appreciation podcast. <laughs> oh man, how have you fellas been doing now that we've uh, probably ticked off the people across the pond? Oh, fantastic! I love ticking off people from across the pond. I figured as much. I did. Seventeen seventy-six. <laughs> we stopped worrying about what the British thought. <laughs> <laughs> just been it's been a week been a week off you know don't know what to do with myself that's that's true taking care of the dog right yep Mm -hmm. reading the book watching star trek i didn't know you could read oh yeah i can read (laughs) (laughs) yeah is that a harry potter joke yes okay yes it is I actually got that one. I'm glad you got that, by the way. (laughs) I'm proud of you. a heck of a trick not knowing how to read, but then still, you know, growing up to be a big fancy teacher. Mm. Hey, I can read math symbols. (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) Like, I can watch Goodwill Hunting, and I understand everything that's on the pages. Because it's all real. Have you ever seen Goodwill Hunting, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's all real math that they're doing. It's just none of it is like super advanced things that would give a field medalist any trouble. So I don't know. So speaking of like real math in TV and film, I, I I've never watched the show. If I have, it's been like all of like thirty seconds from like 
the last show ending and the commercial leading into it or whatever. But Big Bang Theory, apparently like like the math or the physics or the whatever consultant that um, they hired for that show, apparently the uh, the problems that were like on like the board in like Sheldon's class or something was like a, a semester long equation or something. And if like he he designed it to where if his students actually like watch the show, like it would like show them like what the actual answer was for like the final or, or something like that. I don't know if y'all have ever heard oh, that before. Okay, mm. so like what each episode if you watch it you get a piece of it and if you put them all together something like that. What a way to get an audience on a subpar show. Whoa. I mean, I I liked it when it first started because I feel like I had some of those conversations. Mm. Like I that conversation happened in real life with me and my friend group. <laughs> but wow. yeah, then I, then it started to go downhill. Yeah, wow. I, I don't really enjoy much uh, like sitcom TV. You don't just don't like nerd. You don't like nerds. Oh, God, I know those nerds. I used to beat up nerds all the time. David, I hate to tell you this, bud. <laughs> I'm not wearing a, a you know a t-shirt that Chase may or may not have bought for me with the wrong font. It's perfectly fine. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> Hey, I'm feeling festive today. For those I know years. it's a very festive shirt. I noticed yeah. that. <laughs> you like that? It's my next generation ugly Christmas sweater slash That's sweatshirt. not an ugly ugly sweater. I see like a Ferengi thing in there too. Yeah, there's quite a few things in here. There's there's Klingon, there's Ferengi, there's stuff. I'm, but how dare you call that an ugly sweater? That's what the website called it, okay? You're welcome. You have to tug it down every once in a while. Yes. <laughs> That's the true Picard <laughs> maneuver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well. I have a band t-shirt on. A band t-shirt on? A band t-shirt, yeah. I can't. You can't. Descendants. The Descendants. No, no, Chase, you can't read it. It's actually banned. <laughs> it's banned, yeah. Oh, shoot. Oh. I, I don't I don't know what to do right now. I'm what do I do with my hands? <laughs> well, I think we should start talking about that British rivalry again so we can make it even more comfortable. <laughs> oh wow. Wow wow wow. Wow. Good good stuff. Good stuff. So um it snowed in Texas. That's a thing. Yeah, it's funny when Texans try to deal with cold. <laughs> My fiance is like, it's so cold, I don't like it. She's like, I need your coat and your hat and your gloves. It's so cold. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, it was like forty whenever I was taking my kids to um, to uh, to daycare, right, to school, whatever. And like I left the house, it was like 40 something. And within like a half hour or so of like actually getting to their school, it had dropped 15 degrees in like a half hour. And then it like dropped some more. Like it basically like stayed at like 14 all day. And with the wind chill, um, allegedly it felt like 
minus like four or something like that. So it was pretty cold, all yeah, things considered. My um, my phone says it's twenty one degrees outside right now. Yeah, we're supposed to get negative temperatures pretty much all day tomorrow and so forth. So hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to be lots of fun. Yay. 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 Everybody in there <laughs> dreaming of a white Christmas. It's like, no, I'm perfectly fine with it not. It's cool. I, I, I like a white Christmas. I, 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 I'm indifferent. I like Ch- the kind Chase of Chase doesn't even know what a white Christmas looks like. It's been so long. Ch- Chase lived in Michigan for a while. He so long ago. I was there for some of those white Christmases. I'm just I'm waiting for like some of the brain bleach to like forget some of some of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It was it was kind of funny today. There were a couple of people who were asking uh, so what happens if it snows really bad like with work? It's like well, first of all, all of you are working from home this week and next, so, like, deal with it, man. <laughs> I mean, it was the dumbest question. It's like, you got to drive, like, to your house or something? Like, drive away from your house and back to your house to create the illusion you're going to work or whatever? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was funny. But no, we don't we don't close down anything around here. And I've driven in some conditions like to work that were they were not acceptable. <laughs> they were not acceptable. Even with yeah. a four wheel drive vehicle, it was it was sketchy. Have I I can't remember if I've shared either with y'all or just on the show. Um my my dad's like hilariously horrible like snow sto- like snow shoveling adventure like when we like our first winter in Michigan have I shared this I no do you want to hear it mm, sure <laughs> <laughs> so all right so it was our it was a uh, winter of 2000 and um, Eric I might remember how awful the winter of 2000 was like we got like 27 inches of snow overnight <laughs> Yeah, I remember and, that. That was the that was the that was the year when we got snowed in at school. Yeah, and then it was like another like twenty some odd inches like the next night, basically, and it, it was like three or four days in a row of like just torrential like snow. It, it was bad. So we're Texans. We don't have snow gear. Like it was. It's our first winter. We've been there like all of like four or five months thereabouts, something like that. So, like, we don't know what to expect. Like, we've got, like, jeans and, like, our snow gear is, like, wrapping trash bags around our legs. And, po- and like, you know, taking a trash bag and pulling it over and, like, you know, sticking our arms out. That That's our snow gear, not, like, car hearts and snow bibs and stuff like that. No. No, 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 no. So, my dad, w- my dad had a job as um, a welder um, over near, um, like, Auburn Hills, Michigan. Uh, if anyone knows where Auburn, Auburn Hills, Rochester Hills kind of area is. And he wakes up and his truck is like parked outside, not in a garage. And his, the, the snow was just like buried his truck, buried his truck. Uh, and this is a, uh, I believe it was a 1985 GMC Sierra. So truck is buried in snow and he's like, he sees it. I just remember like, him telling me about the first part because I saw the rest of it like apparently like he was like saying some choice words and 
he had just showered and so he goes and he starts digging it out and stuff like that and uh, anyway he finally gets it out but he's like drenched in sweat and it like took him probably like an hour or more just to get it all out and you know clear a path also for him to get out of the driveway because we're staying at a friend's place in Linden and um, so he goes he re-showers gets dressed and like while he's doing that snowplow comes in because the friend that we're staying with owns like we're, we're staying at their house for a while while our house is getting ready because they're they they own the daycare that's like on the same part of the property so they have a snowplow that comes in and well guess what happened all that snow that he just shoveled they shoveled it right back and all up on his truck so it just reburied his truck all over again so he comes back out and he sang a few more choice words and it takes him like another like 30 to 45 some odd minutes to do it all over again and he he's still like kind of saying some words under his breath and he finally gets to the highway um and this has been like a three or four hour adventure of like snow shoveling and there's a michigan state trooper sorry highway shut down state emergency or something like that you can't go anywhere so he's dead back yep that sounds about right (laughs) oh man and just like the look on his face i mean he had just started this job too so he's like sweating bullets on top and he's just so frustrated and i don't blame him like i would hate that too but just thinking on it, it is just hilarious to me just i think it's hilarious but that's that's also living in in michigan ohio i mean it's yep. it's par for the course yeah exactly yeah Mm-mm-mm. so david when you come into texas where you know just dust and the whole state shuts down january <laughs> for keeps no no, David loves Ohio. He's an Ohioan through and through. Right. Right, yeah. No? <laughs> Ohio's fine. It's it's a place that I it's live a, in. It's a place. Every, every place Ohio, has their... Ohio is a state in the United States of America. Facts. That is a factual statement. <laughs> every so state smart. has their every state has their quirks. I mean, I remember Chase when you were talking about um, what is it you have to do in tech? You have to get like an emissions test on your vehicle every year uh, an and like yeah. an inspection. An inspection and yeah. your registration or your tags are way more expensive than they are here. So we don't do the every year inspection. Honestly, I think that starts kicking in when your vehicle's like 25 years old or something like that. But then that lasts for like three, four years or something. I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I could be talking out of my rear, but I, you don't have to do that. The tags are going up. I mean, they've, they've gone up bit by bit over the past like 10 years or so. But every, every state has its goods and its bads. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to pay taxes, move to Florida. But then you have to deal with all the swampiness and hurricanes. Florida people. Hey, there's no state <laughs> income tax in Texas. That's right. We don't pay state income tax. What's up? Well, I mean, my state income tax, I always get a refund on. So I technically don't pay it either. <laughs> you shouldn't get a tax refund. Like, that's like you're mismanaging your money. I've you always said refund. that. <laughs> I, I, I've always said I think it's dumb that people get 
get refunds. It's like just you do basically it. you're giving the government an interest free loan. Yep. And then you're yep. saying, "Thank you, government, for giving me my money back that you never should have taken in the first place." <laughs> <laughs> Next up on NPR Radio. I mean, that's what you're doing. It infuriates me. These people. Although, my, my- although when I worked at the casino, right. That was our busiest time of the year. It was tax refund season because everybody got their tax refunds and they're now <laughs> flush with cash. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, My- I've never understood why it was so hard to just like get your, just get your right allocations. Your, you know, get I, your- it's taken out of my check every, uh, every check. Just do it right. Yeah, exactly it's right. It's a right amount taken out. Yeah, yeah, my my first year um, back home in Texas, you know, like I had obviously I had work back um, when I was living in Michigan, and I, and I get I eventually get like my my tax documents. I fill everything out. I think I did like TurboTax or something like that. I don't know what I did, but um, I remember getting like this like tax statement. I think from like the city of Flint. It was like you owe twenty five cents in taxes. I'm like. <laughs> Bro, you just sent me, you just sent me a, a letter like with worth like 40 some odd cents or however much it was. It cost you more to mail it to me to tell me I owe 25 cents than what you're actually going to get out of it. Like you just lost money on this deal. Like are are you kidding me? And that <laughs> is government. That's yes. <sighs> oh boy. You know, Eric, I hope your I hope your fiance is enjoying this this conversation. <laughs> I offered to do her tax. She was like, I just made an appointment with with um Jackson Hewitt or one of those places to do my taxes. I was like, I'll just do it for you. We we don't need anybody to do that. You know, math if guy. We take, if we like, take the standard deduction, it's super easy. It really that's, is. That's true. Doing your taxes is not hard. It is. That's true. <laughs> I've already started my taxes. Is that well, I st- I'm still owed one more paycheck this year, so. There we go. There we go, gang. There we go. There we go. Oh. I feel like we've been all over the place here. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Dogging on the British to taxes. It's, it's, it's poetic, almost. Hmm. Should we... Uh... Should we throw some tea away? Mm. I've, I had some tea earlier today, so like, there we go. Just tea bags out in the street. What are these doing here? <laughs> oh man. Well, anything else? Anything else that we need to talk about? We need to. Well, how was your week, Chase? Was it super good? <laughs> Thank you, David. That's so courteous of you. It was all right. It was all right. It was aight. It was all right. The only thing um, which happened recently was, um, and this is kind of boring for others, but um, I got a new credential, which is cool. Gave me a little bit more cred in the counseling, counselor educator world. So, yeah, that's that's it. Christmas shopping's all done, and yeah, we're ready to do the whole Christmas thing and all the family stuff and the not family stuff and the everything in between stuff. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Nice. Yeah. So, last call for you guys for your week. Last call, last call. I spent multiple days on the phone because my internet was not working very well. 
and uh, come to find out the provider that I use, it's BreezeLine. If you've never heard of it, just don't. <laughs> and if you have heard of it, just don't. Uh, they cut their list of acceptable uh, modems because I buy my own. I'm not going to pay them to effectively lease one. Right. Uh, they cut their list by about, I don't know, <laughs> three quarters. <laughs> so okay. there are only like 10 acceptable boxes anymore. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And the box I just bought two months ago is now obsolete in their eyes. So I had to buy another one. But they were doing all this stuff over the phone. It's like, yeah, let me fix it. Oh, I can fix it. Couldn't fix it. Had a tech come out. He was the same guy who installed the the stuff the first time. He's like, hey, you remember me? It's like, eh, sure, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's your box. They don't support it anymore. It's like, yeah, you probably could have gotten that from customer service, but they're so terrible. It's like, well, so you like working for your company too, huh? <laughs> no, it was it was absolutely a, a bunch of crap because you know, I, obviously, I, we're working from home, so right, I can't right. rely on the internet. But uh, but yeah, good old Amazon came through and uh, sent me a box in about six hours. Got that today. Hooked it up. Everything's fine hopefully <laughs> question mark <laughs> and we shall see yeah buddy it's right. terrible though that's a that's a that's something that years years and years ago we wouldn't have necessarily thought as much about but now you just it's it's just another utility that you have to have yep that's that's a true story right there oh man cool cool <laughs> you sound so excited eric I mean, it's the joys of, you know, living anywhere. You have to deal with those sort of things. Yep. yep. Joy to the world. All That's right. boys and girls. Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea. Joy to you and me. Three Shall we talk about truck? Three dog night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let, let's 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 trek it up, okay? Let's let's, let's do the trek let's, thing. Let's get in there. Let's, let's punch go. It. Punch it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Let's we'll, fly. Okay. <laughs> go fast. <laughs> go fast. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, um, here we are. Welcome to the show. And um, we are going into spoilerific territory. So this is your red alert as we talk about Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 19, Supernova Part 1. Yeah, I was kind of missing the supernova in this episode, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I was kind of wondering where the supernova <laughs> was, too. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. we were teased this title a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at the start of this this back half, in a quadrant far, far wrong. away, yes, yes, and we're like, "Oh, supernova part one and two. That sounds interesting." Yep. There, there wasn't even a star in this episode, was there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a proto star mention. Mm. Is that the supernova when the proto star blows? Is the proto star gonna blow up, and that's yeah. the supernova? Blow up and then send them back in time. 
that's how they destroy the living construct is the suit, the protostar blows up and it goes supernova. Oh, I think we just cracked the code, gang. That's how we destroy the living construct. We make the queen sacrifice. Yes. Right? I don't Ch- like it. Chess, anyone? Yes. Like queen I sacrifice? Used to nerd stuff. Man, I used to beat up nerds like you back when I wasn't a nerd. Don't tell me you never played chess in your life. <laughs> Yeah. What? Badly. Badly. Yes. Badly. <laughs> wow. Wow. Where peace go? Here? I was like, I'm not I'm not Ron playing wizard chess. I understood that reference. <laughs> yeah, you threw one at me, I'm throwing one back at you. Caught it. Let's play catch, Eric. Let's play catch. Oh, are we I'm, talking about Trek yet? More, I don't, yeah. Let's go. Go for okay, it. Okay, so the, the last episode ended, and here we are. We're doing more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, last what a recap, ends. man. This one, we've, we have warped right into the heart of Federation territory, and we are surrounded by the fleet. And Dal's back in his body. Janeway's back in her body. Pro Star Crew's like, hey, at least we got Janeway on our side. Oh, by the way. <laughs> About that, I might have tarnished and ruined her reputation. Yeah. I'm not I messed up or anything or have ever done anything wrong, but Janeway might be in a straight vest. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And um, yeah, so we're we're wondering what the heck's going to go on. And you know, Jenkins like, what? That's one heck of a welcome wagon. Yeah, how about that, huh? And uh, looking over at the Dauntless, yeah, Janeway is definitely in the brig, like we saw at the end of the last Freaky Friday episode, movie, whatever. And um, we have some interesting dialogue. You know, she's been deemed medically unfit to uh, to uh, do stuff. And uh, Eric, there's this nice little callback. This nice little callback that I I, I hope you picked up on. From your like favorite Voyager episode, I'm pretty it sure. Is it a great voy- it is a great episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Like I was reading some reviews, it was like, Oh, they pulled out a Voyager deep cut and I was like, I don't really think that's counts as a deep cut. <laughs> like, that's a pretty big episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, counterpoint. Still don't know what a counterpoint is. Something <laughs> that happens. Chase tried to play one for me, I was like, I I music theory i don't know <laughs> it's fine it's fine everything's fine i can listen to music and i appreciate it but i don't know music theory so Time signatures uh keys chords i don't know hmm. we'll have to we'll get you learned real good eventually commander <laughs> eventually so we have this um this uh ensign um who this like you know operations division ensign um, security ensign, whatever. Um, they're in the brig and uh, Bernari from the episode Counterpoint, and potentially like one of the same Bernari that got away, you know, in like through the wormhole in that episode. Which, wow, that's that's pretty impressive. Like that they got from where they were to Federation space, and at least one of them joined Starfleet and is now an ensign. I mean, that's like. I mean, that was we what? can travel really fast, really quickly now. 
We have that's true. Slipstreams and proto drives, and as that, we're throwing we're throwing out geography. Yeah, space <laughs> means nothing. <laughs> but I was so I was reading. I, I was like double checking it, and um, I think that episode, like that, would have taken place in was it twenty three seventy five six? Does that sound right? Well, it was in season five. So we're in twenty three eighty five right now. So it's been eight nine-ish years since that episode took place with internal chronology. Yeah, it's not really that long. No, it's not. But, like, just the fact that they got where they were back to Federation space. Like, knowing, like, that Voyager did, like, so many, like, little, like, fast-forward kind of moments, like, with wormholes and slipstreams and you name it. Okay. Counterpoint. Ha. There's no star date in the episode Counterpoint. But do we have a year? <laughs> but it will take 2375. Okay, so the 10 years. Episode, Nine, 10 years. Right, I have a star date for the episode right before it. Okay. 5217.9.4. <laughs> Say again, 52. 5217.9.4. Okay, keep talking and I'll, I'll do a little research. Research. It takes place. You know, basically at the same time uh, Star Trek Insurrection takes place. Hmm. Well, isn't that special? It's very special. <laughs> takes so place during w- the heart of the Dominion War. That counter episode counterpoint. So 52179.4 corresponds to Friday, May 2nd, 2375 at 539 in the afternoon. Okay. So we're t- it was 10 years prior to this. Yep. Cool. 10 years. True story. So yeah, in 10 years, they went from being in a, like a shuttle pod wormhole excursion to serving on to Janeway's getting, flagship. Getting to the Federation, getting into Starfleet Academy, graduating from Starfleet Academy, and getting posted... To the Dauntless. Yes. Wow. Yeah, time doesn't matter either, so don't worry about that. I think we're belaboring a point that... You know, there was a a great and wise person that once said, time goes by so slowly. Time is the fire in which we burn. No need to hesitate. So I prefer to think of time as a companion. Yeah, I was quoting the 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 the, the great orator Madonna. Okay? <laughs> yeah, we both were on that, and you're over there just doing nerd stuff again. I'm doing I'm doing Star Trek over here. I'm quoting Star Trek, you know, Star Trek Generations. Time is the, time is like a predator it stalks us. Wow. I prefer to think of time as a companion. We'll eventually get past the first 30 seconds of this episode. (laughs) Yes, we will. All right. So, Bernari. We get get Jellicoe back, right? Admiral Jellicoe back, and he's talking to the commander. It's like, where's Janeway? She's on medical leave. (laughs) She was perfectly fine not like five minutes ago. (laughs) Like, for real, dude. What happened? He's like, aboard that ship. Get on that ship. Stop it. Stop, Stop it. it. And Essencia is Stop like it. Essencia's like, Yes, I'm getting on that ship. 
Okay. Whatever you say, Admiral. <laughs> Whatever you say, I want on that ship anyway. No, no, no. We should wait. We should be <laughs> diplomatic about it. We should just hold on. Okay, let's do it. <sighs> and then they're they're going to transport over there, and she's going with the Diviner and Dreadnought, and she, like, reveals herself. Why would she reveal herself on this? Unless she wants them to know. But it seemed a little premature, like... Well, revealing I, who you were while you're still on the Dauntless. Did, did you did you wanted to show up on the actual like message as like the ha ha ha, ha little mustache tweedling villain? It's like <laughs> I got you. We thought you were a friend. No, I was never your friend. <laughs> now eat my virus. Is that <laughs> that what would you... be very mustache twirly. <laughs> I, I did enjoy. <laughs> The, the final like dreadnought karate chop thing <laughs> to our transporter chief there just just little just little kirk chops you know i enjoy that we still do those need a little couple axe handle smashes you know some some overhead everybody That's was kirk Fu fighting no and then they go over there okay. we we uh we're over there on gwyn's like i'm gonna go stop my father they don't. They won't know what hit them. And then Dal's like, "Wait, Gwyn, Gwyn," oh and like, like, there's things I like about this moment. There's things I don't like about this moment. But it's like, Gwyn's like, well, "I gotta stop my father." And Dal, you should hear this from me. I know we want to be in Starfleet, and I know you want to be there, but you just can't. You're an augment. Like, but before uh, that, smoochy, smoochy. No, it happens after this, doesn't it? But no, it was, it was before. It was the before. Oh, it was before that. Yeah, yeah. he 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 misread the signals. And like, boy, Whoa! didn't he? I oh. mean, I remember back in like when we were doing this a year ago. I was like, I hope they don't go down the romance angle here with the two. I hope it's just friendly, and they went down the romance angle, kind of for like a second, a second. I know, but I don't like it. I don't know. I, I don't. I I think uh, I think you could certainly develop. You know those sort of angles, if you do things the proper way. I thought it was you know kind of kind of innocent, but at the same token, was it needed? No. No. It, it wasn't. It wasn't necessary at all I, I think the later part where you know they kind of held hands for a second as everything's spoiler alert <laughs> well that's that's them being a family like yeah. we've and, seen and, them develop into a family whether it's not some of the show we're just told they're and that's yeah. right right but yeah it was it was unnecessary you know the thing that I've been wondering uh, since last week and I didn't I forgot to mention it during our conversation I'm going to ask now but you know we know, and like they made a big to do about this on um, on Deep Space Nine a couple times. In fact, they had like at least one or two episodes dedicated to it. But can someone remind me, Eric, why it is that Bashir is okay, but like someone like Dal would not be okay? Because um, uh, um, they made a deal, right? Julian's dad, Bashir's dad, went to jail for it. 
and they got Julian off, and it was like, keep it on the hush hush, and you're never you're never gonna advance past where you are, right? You're gonna like your career is now stagnant, and you're never gonna get anywhere. Well, let's also let's also be <laughs> relatively uh, frank about how sometimes Starfleet works in the shadows. When you have somebody who's as big potential big an asset as Brashear could be, they're gonna keep him around. But a little purple kid from somewhere, <laughs> they're probably not gonna care that much about that. At least in the in the interim. But yeah, Brashear was obviously a. Uh, little bit more of an asset and i mean who honestly knows like if anybody ever really put that much thought into it if he had maybe other supporters you know yeah i mean he's he'd got have like, to assume he would yeah and like i mean dal has effectively in my opinion been written as like this kind of like backwards like missing link for all everything in star trek and it's it's not like it's his fault that he was made that way. And like, doesn't this like somehow like speak to like this whole like prejudice thing that we've talked about throughout the different iterations of Star Trek? Like, I mean, I I think yeah, I think it does, and I think we're heading to to making an exception. I hope so. I, I mean, that's where we're heading. I mean, I would love for them to I mean, like. I don't. Long, I really don't. I don't want it to be a. Star Trek 2009 kind of scenario where it's like, okay, great, you're in the Academy. Okay, great, now you're the captain of a starship. Like, I don't want it to be like a, a Chris Pine kind of promotion type of thing. Like, I would, I mean, I also don't want four years of Star Star Trek or Starfleet Academy by any means either. Like, there has to be like a happy medium. But like, I mean, I want to see Dal get in. I mean, I just think it's kind of silly, you know. Yeah, I think so too. I think that would be a very nice happy ending or happy beginning, depending on where you go with the show. Um, I have a feeling that that's not going to be the focus of next season. Um, But that would be a nice happy ending. But how many exceptions are too many exceptions to a rule? We, you know, we've discussed this before. Starfleet always talks about not being a military organization, but yet it totally is. And military military. Well, okay, sure. Right. Disobey an order and see what that ha- what that gets you. But all, all, all I'm saying is there is a rigidity that does happen when you have those hierarchy high uh, hierarchies build up like that especially in military organizations so it becomes like would it be fun for the show yeah we obviously like the character i think it'd be great but also how many exceptions is too many exceptions before like when you start to push the boundaries of the entirety now that's probably a little too big brain for a cartoon on nickelodeon but i'm just saying like how far do you push I mean, I'm going to be that guy and be kind of a jerk. Like, I could ask Star Wars the same question about Order 66. How many people survived it, you mean? Yep. 
And like, just it seems like there's people that are constantly coming out of the woodwork as surviving well, Order sixty six. Well, but that though, and I and I get the point, but you're talking about a vast universe where people could be spaced out, and not every Jedi was a part of necessarily the military, and they had uh, abilities. <laughs> I don't want to say powers, <laughs> but they have abilities that are augmented by the force so they're not necessarily normal either so while i agree and i get that uh force always brings balance which means that there will always be more force sensitive children out there mm. Mm. and anyway <laughs> rules anyway star wars come on man <laughs> what are you talking about what are you trying to pin that we're not a military organization generals say what <laughs> that was the whole point many people did not believe the jedi should be put in charge of the war ever anyway anyway so <laughs> eric's keeping us honest this episode Asencia, i love it i forget her vaunicott name it's the vindicator the, the vindicator okay that's dumb yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Vindicator, the Diviner, and her Dreadnought—they, they transport over, and uh, we're getting to some big fight in the hallway. Big action-packed, you know, fight here where basically Dreadnought is like doing his grievous thing with his <laughs> four arms, right? Yep. <laughs> and uh, he's throwing like a gravity bomb and like some magnet you thing around Dal's neck and then Murph comes in and does some Murph foo. <laughs> Let's go, Murph. <laughs> he's doing some Bring Murph foo here. And he's he's helping before he gets like uh, wall or something. Oh, <laughs> Look, I let I let one go earlier, but like we gotta fall out there a little bit, man. I mean, but I don't know what but he's like something to the wall. <laughs> Just edit Eric that frozen. out. Just, just, just beat me out Eric. there. Wow. Eric, come on, bud. You can you can just beat me out. Radio edit. <laughs> Mark the time. Mark the time. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Family show. But he gets the like family stuck show. to the wall. And so now they're all incapacitated, but Gwyn, who stayed behind on the bridge, she now gets into a fight with her heirloom, and the other person has an heirloom. Something. Right, and they're, they're doing some lightsaber duel, heirloom duel on the on the bridge here. Yep. Yep, they're fighting with, with icicles, basically. <laughs> Glass art something. And yeah, and um, and uh, and the diviner is like hanging around, kind of, and uh, as they're fighting, you know, he's uh, trying to like he's like like this. Okay, I could not help but think of this, and I'm sorry. I know we already talked about Star Wars like a minute ago, but like this had so much like Return of the Jedi vibes to it. Like it was kind of like annoying. Uh, yeah. You know what else is kind of annoying to me? 
Whenever like, I bring up those kind of references. No, the villain <laughs> redemption arc. Like, not every villain needs a redemption arc. Nope. It's like the 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 thing of the day, though, or the thing of the hour, whatever. It's like every time we have a villain, we gotta somehow redeem him. Like, why do we have to keep doing that? Why? I mean, why couldn't the diviner just be a bad dude? Help me, father. Because you have you to. Fa- you have you to failed, he's vindicator. Older. He's he's older. He's been around twenty years. He propagated. Yeah. It's you gotta redeem, man. You're oh, wrong. Man. You're wrong. I'm a progeny like my father before me. <laughs> <laughs> we will never become a become a vindicator. <laughs> Strike me down. <laughs> Can we come up with cool Val Nakot names? Can I be like the decimator? That'd be sweet. <laughs> the, decimator. the decimator. All right, Eric. What do you want to be? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good at improv. <laughs> David, yes, how, long been, how long have you been working that name, David? It came to me just a minute uh, ago when we were. Because when, when I do, jo- when I do jokes, you gotta believe me. I'm workshopping them all day. Eric, like, like when we when we started like lower decks, that they weren't in the room where it happened. I was workshopping that joke all day long. <laughs> okay. Okay, Eric, because you're the math guy, you're the equalizer. Ooh. No, there's already an equalizer, that Denzel Washington. Nope, too late. You're the equalizer. <laughs> it sounds pretty good. The divider or something. The divider? That's okay. The multiplier? The deriver. The der- <laughs> The deriver. I take the derivative. <laughs> I derive... Wow. Uh, Chase, so what are you like, the mentalist? Ooh, I like that. Let's go. I can I can live with that. <laughs> the, I just think the decimator is the best of those. <laughs> oh, man. There's nothing we cannot accomplish because I am the decimator. <laughs> I've become the destroyer. (sighs) Anyway, we lose our fight, right? We lose the fight. And uh, uh, the the Vindicator, open open a channel fleet wide. Mm. All all bands, widespread, not tight beam, wide. And uh, this is the point where now Janeway rushes to the bridge. No, don't, don't pick up that phone. <laughs> don't wait. Don't touch that dial. Don't touch that dial. But it's too late. We already did. And oh. uh, the living construct takes over. It does. All the ships turn, turn red. Red. And we have ourselves, you know, a Texas class USS Alito kind of thing. Kind of all over again. We have evil ships. That are that, and let the shoosting begin. Yeah, we had some. We had some Enterprise. D, we had some Sovereign class ships in mm-hmm. there. We had a, a Defiant class mm-hmm. ship in there. Yep. Yeah. We had. Um, let's see. We had Nakira class. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think we had a Steam Runner class, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
What was another one? I thought we had a California class, but we did not. I didn't see a California class. But, okay, so one thing I want to point out is that we do see the USS Defiant, by the way, in in this little space doohickey. But here's the thing that I have a problem with. So at one point, you see, like, the Defiant, okay? You see it. And towards the end of, of some of this, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but you get this, like, really tight shot towards the end of, like, the space stuff where you see the NX, I think it's the NX84205. The problem with that, that is the original registry number for the original Defiant, not the Sao Paulo version of the, De- of the Defiant that had a different registry number that was also an NX class. So you have basically two different Defiants, one of which actually says Defiant on it. So the registry numbers were not, that was kind of a goof that I think only a nerd would, would nitpick. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Decimator. But I would just like to point that out that I noticed that there's a, there are two different basically defiance out there. There's like the defiant, and then there's like the old defiance registry number that pops up. Hmm. Yeah, good catch. I do what I can. Eric is doing something right no, now. I'm just it's like I I didn't see the registry number, but I was like, oh, they built another defiant class ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense, right? I mean, we're ten yeah. we're ten years after the end of the Dominion War, right? Yeah. I mean, we're also we're also if you look at chronology, this is like right around the exact time that the attack on the the on Mars in Star Trek Picard that precipitated that. So like, <clears throat> you lost a bunch of ships, right? Yep. So it's like you shouldn't really have a big fleet, right? Yep. Yep. Or maybe you do, but like maybe this is part of the reason why we didn't have the resources and we didn't have the ships. You can That's add true. this to the reasoning. I did I did like seeing like the USS Sovereign. I did like seeing that that we saw like the namesake for the class of ship show up. That was kind of neat uh to see. Um, it would have been neat to um, also see, um, I think there was a USS Hercules that was also a um, uh, a Sovereign class ship. That would have been nice to see. But we got at least one Sovereign class that made an appearance, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these, these ships, they all start firing on each other. Yep. They... Pew, 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 right? And then they're going to start firing on the protostar, but we're going to do some evasive maneuvers. Yep. Some great piloting to some uh, truly truly great through. piloting. Yeah. Yes. I do want to mention one thing. <clears throat> and I don't I don't know enough about space and or flying in general. <clears throat> but uh, towards the beginning of our sort of evasion sequence yeah we had the part where our protostar goes up stalls and then comes back down but my thought process 
yeah it, it, just the way in which that happened it just it looked more like what like a fighter plane would do so i don't know enough about the the physics of space that it's wrong it's wrong oh, okay <laughs> and, and just and like you can't drop you can't drop bombs in space right well <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? I've seen it, <laughs> but it, it just it looked. I mean, it looks cool, but it also is more reminiscent of a fighter plane dealing with gravity and G's and everything than something that would be in space. So, yes, but but but, Mister Decimator, it's not the ship that is moving it's space around it that's moving that's making it look like that all right elon just like not- calm down over there with that <laughs> <laughs> hey man okay. anyway transport beaming here we go here we go ships are shooting at each other uh we're doing our evasive maneuvers and then yep. um what happens? Uh, our we um, get stalled by the Dauntless, like officially stalled. Yep. We're we're out of commission. We can't go anywhere. Yep. And then, not only that, but our translators break down. Yep. So now we're yep. back to not being able to understand each other. Which I like this bookend. Like yeah. I know it's like the 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 penultimate episode, but I really like this this bookend of like how it started and how it ended with this need this desire this want to communicate and now we're really having to make a true concerted effort to communicate like using language to pit each other against one another you know to now it's unify i i really like that redemptive aspect of gwen more or less even though i don't really think we knew that about her because you know like the language like she was taught all these like languages to get people to work against each other that's a that's a fun fact. No, I and think now, we I think we knew that because like, I don't remember you, that. You, I mean, you see her. You know, she's interrogating Dow at the beginning. Like, are they? Is she speaking this? You got to believe that she interrogated other prisoners, and and she was talking to the Kazon that dropped off that that Kation, right? In in his lang in the Kazon language. So we knew that. And there was there were other parts where she was like trying to solve problems by using language, right? So, she, but I think, you know, but, but I think, like, if I can just be like the dumb guy for a second, like, we were we were hearing it all in quote unquote standard, right? Like in English. So, like, we don't truly we didn't like as the audience we didn't truly know like if they if Gwen was speaking you know Kazon or Kation or you know Tellarite or you know whatever. Tellar, I should say, whatever. But but I get I get your point though. Like yeah, like somewhere like she might have been doing that. So yeah, I, I hear you, bud. I hear you. Yeah, and, and so I like that. You know, we have to we have to figure out a way to communicate with each other. But at the same time, when we flash to like the actual Federation ships, like these Starfleet officers can't communicate, which I kind of have a problem with that because I feel like. Are we using universal translators always when we're like at the academy? No, no Starfleet officer would have ever learned a different language. They like they wouldn't be able to communicate. Like I kind of have somewhat of a problem with like our people on the, our officers on the Dauntless not being able to talk to each other. 
hubris of technology. <clears throat> mm. How many languages do you guys know? Yeah, French. Fluently? I know I, I used to be pretty darn close to being fluent. I've okay. lost a lot of it, but I know one and some other words in another language. Yeah. So I mean <clears throat> what's stopping us from learning a language? Time. Time. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just I would just say that I actually really did like this because <clears throat> I, I'm never shy about pointing out some of the hubris of Starfleet hubris of really anybody uh, in this age of technology that is so far advanced from us um, you can make the case that a lot of people would say well I have this universal translator I don't need to learn it now there are there would be a lot of people that probably would <clears throat> But I think it really drives home the point that's really been made all along in the show, which is communication, learning to communicate amongst each other and, uh, you know, finding some sort of common ground. I, 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 I'm probably a little bit more with Chase. I didn't really think about the whole Gwen knowing other languages. I, I didn't really pick up on that. And I felt it was a little convenient. I liked it, but it was it was kind of a little convenient. Um but I, I, I liked, you know, the, these officers not necessarily knowing what a, everybody else's language is. And I would also just put this briefly in here as well. How much do you have to learn <clears throat> to become a Starfleet officer? You know, these folks are going through like a lot. So to throw in another language or two, eh, we'll leave that to the communications nerds. Do you like... I don't know how to ask this question without it maybe being twisted or whatever, but I'm just going to ask it. Like, do you think that there's like some requirement that by joining Starfleet, like there's this expectation that you have to learn standard for instance, or insert language here for instance? I mean, I think there is because, um, I, we were just talking about Enterprise the other day. We in were the pilot yeah. in the pilot episode. Um, so Paul comes on the bridge and Hoshi starts talking to her in um, in Vulcan, and Paul goes, "I was instructed to speak English on this mission. I would expect you to do the same thing." <laughs> they don't call it standard for nothing. I don't know. At the same time, I did enjoy hearing some Andorian and some Tellarite and some other stuff. That was that was fun. Yeah. All right, so Starfleet ships are getting destroyed. They're firing so, each other. We can't communicate. Hey, Admiral Janeway, I got this idea. We got we got y'all into this, this hoot nanny. Let's try and get you on out of here. Um, how about we use language to? Talk to folks that don't have a Starfleet signature and won't blow themselves up. That's a that's smart, by the way. It is smart. I like that. I personally thought this was one of the better parts of the episode. <clears throat> because as much as like I can point out the potential hypocrisy within Starfleet, that right there was the best part of Starfleet. 
Sometimes you do have to ask for help. Sometimes you do have to show vulnerability. Sometimes you do have to make concession. And in this case, of all the things that Starfleet's done, their allies came to their aid in their time of great need. And that's yep. that's encouraging. I, I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I enjoyed that too, and I, I think it's a good message, but I think also at the same time, like, I don't think this shows, but this when does this take place? It takes place <laughs> at the exact same time that the incident that preceded Star Trek Picard, when the Federation was supposedly pulling in on itself, right? And sort of alienating itself. I guess can those two ideas exist at the same time? Sure. I mean, yeah. I like I like the idea too, right? It's like Starfleet is usually the person who the organization that's out there helping everybody and answering the calls. And so now when Starfleet puts out the call for help, you know, people do respond because yeah. they know that Starfleet's going to be there for been there for them and is going to be there again for them. I have like a, a, a kind of silly, but it is very much a serious question. Do you do you think the the Klingons, because like that's who we we talk to, we we speak to a Klingon uh, commander of some kind. Um, do you think that they knew that this was a suicide mission, so they did it more for honor than they did for helping the Starfleet? Like, want, like today is a good day to die, like dying in glorious battle do you think that's why they actually did it instead of like being a good ally that thought crossed my mind by the way that's or why do i'm you asking think they did it because it's the honorable thing to do to come to an ally's aid i mean at this time technically Worf is an ambassador to the klingon empire so maybe Worf somehow caught wind of it and relayed it or something along the lines too like off screen I don't know but like the whole like dying in battle thing definitely crossed my mind with how quickly everything happened and with what happened later like with the birds of prey I don't I don't necessarily know about that but I mean if there's one thing we can be relatively clear on with Klingons is that they'll step into a dangerous situation no matter what it is. Do I think they had the forethought to think this was a no-win situation? I don't know if they truly understood the, the depth of how bad this was going to get, but dangerous situation, potential for honor either way, either helping an ally or dying gloriously in battle, I think that's just embedded <laughs> in mm. everything that they do. I agree. Cool. Well, things happen. The Klingons show up at the last minute along with um, a handful of other folks to uh, let their shields guard other ships so they're not so we can at least like somewhat mitigate the onslaught that's taking place. And uh, can I just real real quick? <clears throat> yeah. Wouldn't it have been like a, a smart tactical move? And I don't know defenses and everything but you're going to the situation maybe like trying to disable weapons like do none of these ships have weaponry like maybe try and fire a few shots at their weapons array maybe that's an idea 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll bring it up later in comments or something. <laughs> um, well, it's just it's just the whole like Solom and Valnicott thing that I have questions about or comments on. Um, <clears throat> but because, um, you know, there's like distress and like a lot of Starfleet ships in trouble. There's an automatic SOS, gang. Like, let's bring more friends to the party. Right? Yeah. So we get more compromised ships. And they're just going to keep going after it and after it and after it. And we're, there, it's, it's, it's a quagmire. It's seemingly a never-ending losing battle. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, that's basically it, right? And that's where we leave off. Yeah. One other quick thing, though. Um, Gwen's father... Yeah, he kind of died. Yeah, and he disintegrated. He became one with the Force. Yes. I am one with the Force, <laughs> and the Force is with me. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Did he just do an Obi-Wan? I swear, if he shows up as, like, some kind of, like, mystic the energy voice force. inside her head. <laughs> if he shows up as a walking puddle, I'm going to have issues. You're nothing but evil, Vindicator. Strike me down and I'll become more powerful. (laughs) This was my weapon long before it was hers. (laughs) And then you just talked about how this isn't like necessarily original anymore. (laughs) So, question. Okay, like, let's go back to Wrath of Khan. Yeah, let's go back to Wrath of Khan. There's a there's a little little like little safety security kind of measure that's kind of built in to where in the event that a a ship is overtaken by an enemy, you can you know use a certain command code and kind of remote access it and drive it. Is there no way to do that to kind of like reverse like a virus by this point? I mean, we're talking like. 100, 100, 100 some odd years, 150 some odd years since that happened? Well, how much is the the construct penetrated, though? I don't know. It was just a thought. So it happens when I think. All right. <laughs> well, the other thing that I, I thought about a bit, <clears throat> we beamed over to the uh, to the protostar mm-hmm. would that not have somehow initiated the process does it specifically have to be a hail that's energy transfer I mean granted it's from the dauntless to the protostar but that wouldn't have affected anything I mean there's a link I mean why not I mean all you need is a phaser to create a link it's <sighs> <laughs> a good question and that's... this show is not being consistent yeah. Okay. Shall we evaluate this sucker? Yes. All right. So let's uh, move into the deltas. Looking at the different divisions of Starfleet service, y'all know the drill. How well were the different divisions represented in this episode? I mean, what do you want to call command? What do you want to call command? Is that, like, is, is Janeway, 
doing any command? Admiral Janeway doing any command here? Probably not, right? I mean, is her coming up with... Is the idea of, hey, let's call in the other people, is that command? That's probably a command decision. Whose decision was that was Gwyn who came up with that idea. So that's probably, you know, falls under command. And then when she delivers her speech to the Klingon... That probably falls under command and leadership, like opening up that dialogue and calling for help and, and you know, making a plea there. Um, so, I mean, that's good. Um, is there anything from Dal, like, command-wise? I mean, he gives up the center seat to Gwyn and says, like, you're the captain now, right? You're the, you're the captain now. <laughs> I mean, is that is that good leadership from from him on recognizing that, you know, he's not the best person to be in charge right now and he's going to step aside? Probably it's good command. Um, so I, I feel like, OK, give, I don't feel great giving it there. I feel OK. Um, I know that that. Um, I mentioned this a few times before, and I think David shot me down and said, maybe we shouldn't talk about the bad the bad things, giving them, like, uh, a delta. But the living construct is a science, like, thing, engineering thing that was built, and it worked perfectly. Like, it did exactly the job it was supposed to do. So, like... I feel like there's some credit there for like the the Vaunacott scientists and engineers for 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 putting that together. So I think I'm gonna give a science and engineering delta to that. What? Don't don't hate me. <laughs> hmm. Oh, don't you worry, Eric. I, I've got one for you. <laughs> oh boy, does he! Boy, does he! Man. Um. Man, I don't know what to make of like the command stuff. Um, I don't know. Like one of my my favorite moments in the episode, like was when it like when everyone was like in that little hallway and they were having their little duel with uh, with Dreadnought, Brown Dreadnought, before he gets his like future upgrade of all like Chrome and stuff. You know, um, they were all like stuck in different positions. You know, like. Zero had like a muzzle on their their suit. Um, Jankum and um, Rock Talk they were had like what a little gra- a gravity bomb, and then there was like some kind of like U shaped head restraint. And then Murph is like stuck on a wall or whatever. I liked I really liked the chain of events. You know that started with with Rock Talk like Hey Jankum, give me your hand or whatever your mitten whatever, and like does a freaking. Th- uh, flamethrower to like defrost uh, Murph and Murph like does a Murph thing and like <laughs> takes the little muzzle off of Zero and Zero goes and takes like the the restraint off of Dal. I really like that. I don't know what that falls into, but it's something. Um, in the language piece, I mean, like the language piece, like that's definitely an operations. Thing because like the operations division encompasses communications, and we're using language, we're using communications, um, which I think kind of maybe 
doubles like with a leadership thing in a way. So, I mean, I feel comfortable giving operations, like the operations delta. Um, and like Eric said, like the construct worked flawlessly. Um, this one's a reach with command. But had Janeway not had done what she did in Counterpoint, like her leadership then, the payoff wouldn't have been what it was in this episode. So it's a stretch, but I'm going to give it. Going way back. Yeah, man. We're going back a decade. A decade's worth of leadership investment for that one to count. So, so what did I say? I'll just give them all. Like, why not? Like, it's, it's the second to last episode. Like, I'm feeling generous. It's the holiday season. We're in a giving mood. <laughs> yeah, man. It is better to you give. You get one. You get one. You get one. Everybody. You get a Delta. And you get a Delta. <laughs> Everyone gets a Delta. Participation Deltas, I see. <clears throat> That's right. What have all right, Decimator. Come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So, c- Command, I think... Um, I think I think there are a couple of more subtle things here. Um, I think that Dow giving up the chair for Gwen, I think, was a decision influenced by what he knows about the situation and what he knows about her and putting the right people in the right place. Uh, because he very easily could have just came up with his own harebrained scheme and have just Michael Burnhamed it, um, as we all know, happens. But instead of doing that, he realizes what situation they're in. We have the best person for the job, and we're going to put him there. Uh, go ahead and, and do it, temporary acting ensign captain. And in uh, a way we go. So I, I think that that's good. I think that um, I think that our security ensign also exercised a more mature understanding of her of the situation and put faith, which is also a, a personal command decision, <laughs> because her job was to leave Janeway in. The oh my god, you and your scrolls. That's 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 fun. That's fun stuff. But her job was to guard Janeway, not let her out of the brig. But she reasoned that this is someone who is in their right mind and who has helped my people. And I know her background, I don't know her necessarily, but I, I, I know what she represents, and I know that. You know what she I believe what she's saying is true which the implication would be that we will need her to make a command decision because she has all the facts so I, I think that there's a little piece in there I don't think it's like necessarily a particularly strong episode uh, concerning command but I'm, I'm willing to give it because there were enough uh, subtle pieces in there that I, I just liked operationally so Eric, here is where here's where I'm going to drop an operational delta because the vindicator her plan worked. She had this whole plan 
and it worked to darn near perfection. So you know what? The bad guys win, and that sometimes is okay. <laughs> so so there we go. And and uh, like Chase mentioned, I, I mean, Rock Talk sort of thinking through uh, the situation that they were in, uh, dethawing Murph, and then starting that sequence of events to get them all uh, free. Yeah. And yeah. also in a very minor way, uh, Jankum, uh, in the beginning, rerouting, you know, <clears throat> power from the proto drive to the shields and uh, take, uh, what was it, uh, maneuver Z or something like that. So they, they clearly had some some program maneuvers in there, and I'd put that in the operational category as well. Oh, so I actually, when I, thought, when I thought he said maneuver Z, I was just thought he was talking to Zero. He oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a maneuver. However incorrect it was, you know, from a physics standpoint, physics be damned. But <laughs> I think it was actually one of the stronger <laughs> operational episodes for me. Um, from a scientific standpoint, like, look, you, you can certainly give that to the construct because that that thing obviously worked like a charm. From the actual like crew here, though, the main crew, I wouldn't necessarily say there's much there to support a science delta so i'm not gonna do it i would just say command operations probably no science okay that's fair jeez <laughs> you're really having fun with those banners aren't you <laughs> Boy, am I. on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang. Well, here we are. We've we've done our Delta stuff, so let's get down to the numerical rating. So, y'all know the drill. Again, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing, how do we rate this? Well, as much as we've kind of, like, tried to pick this episode apart, I mean, that's what we do here, right? We, we're here to pick things apart. I mean, that's what... You what? can pick your friends, you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. <sighs> well, if they ask. <laughs> uh, very close friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and as much as this was like an action-y packed episode, I did enjoy it. It was it was incredibly entertaining. Like I, I got a text message from Chase this morning, like, I can't wait till nine PM to talk about this. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that probably bodes well. You know, I think the, the language of, of your message probably meant that it was going to go well. And it did. I enjoyed this episode. Like, is it perfect? No, it doesn't. But it doesn't have to be perfect. Not everything has to be perfect. It's not It's not as good as, like, the uh, Moral Star, the ending we had last season. But who knows? Maybe this the payoff for this. That's, that's the thing with these two-part episodes is – you know, your opinion can change when you see the final payout. Like, I have no idea what supernova means after watching this episode. I had an idea of what a moral star meant at the end of part one of this, you know, of this season. Um, yeah, I... It, it's good. It's better than last week's episode. It's better than the few episodes that came before it. It, it's. I enjoyed it. I want to watch it again. I'm interested to see where, where we're gonna go. What conclusion this is. I'm gonna have. I'm probably just gonna give it like 
an 8.1. Okay, slightly better than last episode. Um, not, not as good as some of the conclusion from part season one A. Okay. All right. So we have an 8.1 from Commander Eric. Decimator, do you want to go next? Sure. So, I, I would I would also agree that I really enjoyed the episode. And I think one of the things is we're we're still waiting for the ultimate payoff, but it, it, I will need to rethink a little bit when we kind of get to the the very end and we're we're talking about like <clears throat> season retrospective stuff to kind of see if the walk up to this was worth it. But this was was a worth it episode. And yeah, I mean, we, we did pick apart a few things and um, I think that those are those are valid points to, to, to do, especially when you're, you know, dealing with people who have watched as much Star Trek as the two of you have. And then I, you know, I'm, I'm a distant third, but you know, I've watched stuff. I've seen things and read books, um, but I think that overall, I, I really like that we're getting back to more sort of messaging. I like mm. the communication aspect of this. <clears throat> I, I've been kind of talking about wanting Gwen to, to step up a little bit more and be a little bit more focal um, as opposed to just sort of drifting in the background. And she sort of got a little bit of a moment to shine here, at least more so than she has in a little while. Um, and I, I, I think, I think the setup that we're eventually going to see for our next episode and then, you know, the, the potential, like what could bleed into another season, I don't think I'm going to be wholeheartedly interested in as much, um, because I think it'll involve some timey wimey stuff, hmm. uh, Ultimately, I, I, I think that the title is going to be more in reference to that. But regardless of where we go, um, I'm pretty happy with where we are in this. I think that sometimes bad guys have to win to make the stakes high. Because right now, um, there's a lot of people dying. <laughs> like, this is, a, this is a big deal. Like, And it feels urgent uh we even put in a little bit of hope here when when we got allies coming in and then ultimately that hope was crushed and sometimes you kind of have to have that storytelling uh interjected here and there just to know that you can fail but you never stop fighting right and ultimately i don't think that this is the the, the crew the way we've built them up that will stop fighting we're going to find a solution and um and we're going to keep going. So I, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> I certainly enjoyed it a lot more than the last four to five episodes, um, which is, is kind of sad in a way. But um, I was thinking, and I think hmm. I'm going to stick with it. I'm just going to say 8.6. Oh, what? 8.6. Wow. See that coming. Eric did not see that coming. Wow. It makes me th- want to think again. I'm, I'm cool with where I am, but 
I just decimated your thought process. I know you. <laughs> Eric, we need to talk, man. Like, there's just a lot of things happening right now. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So it's a family show, everyone. Family show. Okay. All right. Don't you know? All right. Oh man, Eric's got some giggles. Thanks. For so the many giggles. No, Eric. Good. Eric. No. No giggles. You got a little. Got a little red face going on. It's fine. Okay. All right. So I I remember um, at one point kind of asking, like, am I going to have to play the Supernova video game to really understand whatnot or if, like, the story has been ripped off? I still have not played that video game, by the way. Um, but I have read some things, and it's kind of hinting that the video game might be somehow connected to this. Um the video game itself, Supernova, is actually set between episode 10 and 11. Um, so at the end of season 1A and the beginning of season 1B. So where am I going with that? Probably nowhere. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, I enjoyed the mess out of this episode. I mean, clearly, I, I sent like y'all a text like, you know, 9 p.m. can't come soon enough, basically. I think is actually like the the verbatim text that I sent y'all. Um, this had um, I I thought like the pacing was pretty good. Like I felt like it kind of slowed down a little bit, maybe dragged just a teeny tiny bit. But overall, like I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the camaraderie. I enjoyed um, like this like coming together and like this working together piece right like with the Dauntless and then you know the Protostar crew and you know how are we going to like overcome what we have to overcome in this episode and then like bringing in like some legacy ships like I enjoyed seeing the Defiant I enjoyed seeing like a Sovereign class um, you know showing up as well that was nice um, I did see an NCC 84656, and I swear I've seen that registry number before, but I looked it up and I can't find it anywhere. It's driving me bonkers. But the, like, how, how Rock Talk used, or was, like, thinking through, like, how the heck can we get out of this, like, with flamethrowers and stuff like that, and, like, the using, like, what was once intended for for evil is now being intended for good kind of thing, like, with the language piece, I really like that. Um, I felt like this was a really strong episode, and I made a point of watching this episode a second time uh, before we came um, to discuss it. Um, I am very curious, like you guys are, to see how this is going to gel, how it's going to mesh together uh, with part two, and how this is going to ultimately you know, put a bow, hopefully, on um, the back half of season one. Um, part of me is wondering, like, if we'll need to do a retrospective of the whole 20-episode season, if that, like, changes, like, our opinions of it after seeing um, the next episode. Um, I came in with a much 
higher rating than what I'm going to give. Um, but I'm still going to give a pretty good rating. Uh, I, I enjoyed this. This is one episode, and hopefully Supernova Part 2 will be another episode that I plan on watching multiple times. Um, I think there's a good message here, like throughout this episode, and it's one of the much stronger episodes of, of 1B, in my opinion. And I'm about to break Eric. I'm about to break him. I'm giving this an 8.8. I'm okay with that. <laughs> break me, right? Well, no, you're, you're an eight, well, you you kind of like eight point six, and here I am giving you an eight point eight. So, I no, I just I just thought throughout our conversation that David would come in with a lower score. Oh, <laughs> with six all point the things six. that he said. <laughs> six point six, three point two. Here we go. No, no, obviously not a three point six. Six point six. Anyway, so our um, our overall combined average rating for this episode is an eight point five. Wow, eight and a half. Cool. Which that's basically where we were at with a moral star point uh, part one. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was an eight point five six. So it's it's. I mean, we're we're in the same territory. So. Yay? Good? Yay. Okay, cool. So, yeah, next week, it's the uh, it's the finale. And then, unless Kurtzman and company have a surprise for us, we don't have any shows to be doing a review for it until February. So, see you later, I guess. Yay? No? Okay, we'll figure something yeah, out. Yeah, it's going to feel weird. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were like... Go, 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 52 episodes in, what, 40, 43 weeks or something like that. Yeah. And then here, there was not a week off in between mm-hmm. Lower Decks and this, was there? No. There was overlap, oh. in fact, with there, Oh, there was one week where there was both, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Asylum and um, the um, season finale the, the of Lower Decks. Night. Yeah. They were both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's gonna that's gonna feel weird, right? Not having anything till February, mm-hmm. like a month and a half off here. Unless there's a surprise that we just don't know about. Unless Discovery is gonna secretly drop. Let's not even. <laughs> let's not put that in the universe. Let's not joke about that, Eric. Just give us a, a little little give lower us a strange decks Christmas new, a episode. Strange, you know, it's a strange new worlds Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> what is Christmas? Oh Lord! Oh man! All right. Well, guys, before we get out of here, I want to talk about something very, very important, and that, of course, is the most important part of the show—the Twitter poll. Twitter poll. So, fellas, I don't know about you, but like. Every now and again, I just like somehow get into like this weird like al- algorithm kind of like black hole of sorts with with social media stuff. And I've just been coming across like the most random like videos which inspired this week's very important Twitter poll. So, this is what I came up with. 
So very, very serious, very, very, you know, important scientific inquiry. Here we go. Who would be most likely to win an arm wrestling contest against one another? Would it be the diviner or the vindicator? So, so you're getting clo- clips from over the top or what are we I don't know, man. Like it's, I've just been seeing like nothing but like arm wrestling stuff. It's like, why? Like, how did this get into my algorithm? Like for man, real? The fact that over the top is a movie that got made <laughs> still like blows my mind to this day. Like, yeah. let me redeem myself and win my son back by arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah. As a real, that's what real men do in the 80s with mustaches. Oh, okay. So who would win an arm wrestling match? Yeah, who would be most likely to win Yeah, an arm wrestling contest match, whatever, against the other person? The Vindicator or the Diviner? The diviner? Yeah. I mean, as a man, the male, you typically have more strength. That's like... You know, statistically speaking, right? That's but that's for humans. Who knows for the the Vaunicot, if that's mm-hmm. true? That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, but I would suspect that the Vindicator would try to be sneaky, right? Mm, sneaky. She's got. She knows all the little tricks to twist her wrist and bend it and get leverage, right? Some other way. I think that's I think I think people are gonna answer the vindicator on this poll. I just have but a what feel. is but what is Eric? I mean I think I think the diviner the diviner would win, but I kinda think the people of Twitter might have said the vindicator. So are you going to listen to your heart? Or are you going to when listen to Twitter? It's calling yeah, to you. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the diviner. Okay. All right. Knowing that I might be wrong. Okay. How about you, <laughs> David? How about you, man? Well, I'm probably going with a vindicator, not because I'm trying to kiss up to the people of Twitter, but the diviner's, you know, older and he's being kept alive by suit juices. And I just feel like maybe he's more frail at this point. So, mm, mm, mm. even though he became one with the force. Well, I mean, do you think uh, you think Obi Wan was at that point was just gonna start punching people and do some Kirk Fu? No, I mean, yeah, I think he was old. I mean, he did kind of chop off someone's arm. I mean, I mean statistically speaking, the young are far superior to the old. So, Dad Gum. <laughs> All right, let's go to the results. Let's go to the results. So this is going to be really quick results, by the way. <clears throat> so um, it was a very not narrow margin. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so our winner with 81.8% of the vote, our winner is... The Vindicator. Wow. So it means the Diviner only got 18.2% of the vote. I mean, I said, I said that's probably the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, like, little little dudes compared to, like, 
you know, giant like bodybuilders like take down take down the yeah, bodybuilder. They have leverage. Yep. Yep. So there we go. There we go. Well, that's I mean, that's it for for the episode. So for the episode of this the the podcast. Cuz that's what we do here. We podcast. Not broadcast, we podcast. This needs, yep. this needs to stop. This there were some ups and downs, some some wrong turns <laughs> on this podcast, not the episode. Oh, ooh. Some wrong turns. Okay. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Yes, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know what came over me tonight. Uh, brain splatter, right? Yeah. That's what we're calling it, splatter. <laughs> That would have been a better word. Everyone, what did you think of this episode? (laughs) I don't know how to recover from that. (laughs) Call on Eric, mute yourself. It's fine, bud. It's fine. Um, In all seriousness, though, before we get out of here, guys, as always, thank you so much for your conversation, for your thoughts, um, opinions, and whatever else came out of your mouth um, during this episode. Appreciate it. Um, all of you in listener land, hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, do you agree with our high rating? Would you rate it higher? Would you rate it lower? Would you not rate it at all? That's fine, too. Um, in all seriousness, though, what did you think? We'd love to hear your, your thoughts, your opinions on it. Check us out. All the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. You can also check us out, TRTVPod.com. Uh, of course, if you want to get in contact with us, you can open up hailing frequencies and entering coordinates to TRTVPod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission at 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit uh, before the living construct comes and takes over your phone and hangs it up because it's taking too long. Um, other than that, if you want to mail us something, you know, like An Idiot's Guide to Klingon, that's cool too. Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.